Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Hemminger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson in a spelling bee. Together, they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, February 22nd, 2018, and we have an awesome show in store for you guys. I am your host of the At Odds Podcast, Brian Hemminger, and today we'll be talking Major League Baseball pace of play rules, toxic work environment with the Dallas Mavericks, and maybe even throwing in some fun fuck-ups we've had in terms of uh, work-related stories. And then, of course, we can't do this without my co-host. He is the man, Silky Smooth, Brandon Sharples. Brandon, how you doing tonight? What's up, guys? This is your handsome co-host, Brandon Sharples. And uh, we got a funny, amazing, awesome show in store for you. Hopefully, Blog Talk Radio holds up its end of the bargain. And we will not have any issues because we have some callers that we – that we're going to have on the show tonight telling you some stories about fucked up things they did to get fired or things they should have been fired for but didn't. I actually have a couple of stories from that. But um, other than that, man, today was just a regular day. I had to drag my son out of wrestling practice today because he wasn't giving effort and he's being a little punk. So I had to drag him out. Oh, yeah. He wasn't giving his effort. He literally looked at me while he was doing a push-up and asked me how many more he needed to do. I'm like, you do as many as Coach Ben tells you to do. Uncle Ben tells you to do it, you do it. Crazy kids, man. Oh He's asking for that, it. Man. Fuck yeah. But I just stuffed my face full of, well, what the hell did I eat today? Arby's. I'm never going back there again. I am so sick of fast Ever? food. I'm supposed to be on this diet, and I'm not on this diet. I'm on this fucking fast food diet is what i'm under i bought all this like fruit vegetables a chicken uh you know i got protein powder i got all this stuff and i am just not sticking to my guns i guess i'm that typical uh new year's eve guy i say i'm gonna do something and then not with my body and i never end up doing it so Another thing I got to tell you guys is for those watching live, I am wearing Dominic Lahutsky's North Face he keeps bitching about. The dude keeps bitching about me having his coat that he left in my car when I live and work in Ann Arbor. And he wants me to drive in the opposite direction of where he lives to hand him this thing. Not going to happen. So, Dom, I'm enjoying this snuggle coat, man. Look at that North Face. Oh, other side, opposite. <laughs> Fucking amazing. I can't wait till he comes into this, comes into here. So, but yeah, man, um, 
did you guys see that photo of the gold medal team, the women's hockey team, and the girl was doing a little sign? <laughs> she was doing the sign, and uh, so anybody that sees that, basically she's going to kick your ass at some point. So that's pretty funny. I remember doing that shit when we were in high school. Do you remember that, doing the circle sign? Oh, yeah. Like, you do it down low by your leg, and every time somebody looked at it. circle? Yeah. Punch them in the arm? Yeah. Yeah, we did that in high school. And that was like supposedly like a new thing. It's not a new thing, guys. We did it in high school. I used to do this all the time. Matter of fact, Craig Porath was a classmate of mine. He always used to do this. And I would get blasted in the arm six times a day. This is not anything new. It's kind of like 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 the 80s music, like, you know, getting reworked, you know, reworked into the music scene. It's like the same thing. It's not new music. And this is not a new thing. But it's funny. I, I'm, I'll gladly bring it back. So it, I thought it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, so uh, the, the women's world, the women's uh, Olympic team won for the first time. They This is, the what, the fourth Olympics in a row that they played? And then, yeah. then they, they finally won yeah, usually one. Canada. Usually Canada. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ross, yes, I, 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 I was in Ann Arbor for a long time working and everything. So, and going to school. I still go to school up in Ann Arbor. So, yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're good, Ross. I'm not down in Columbus with all you Buckeyes. <laughs> so uh but yeah so the hockey team the hockey team uh they they finally pulled through and they won in a shootout over Canada and I was looking through some comment sections and I saw people were bitching about a shootout how can you bitch about a shootout I think that's yeah, the that's greatest like the thing most exciting in sports. part of a hockey game yeah have you guys ever seen Big Daddy remember he's bitching at his kid he's like Look, be quiet. They're in a shootout. This happens like once every 10 years. So come on, let's go. Well, no, we have people that really honestly did not like the fact that they were in a shootout. I thought that it was amazing. I thought it was amazing that they're in a shootout. And that's how you won an Olympic medal is in a shootout. That's ridiculous. You never see that kind of cool shit. That's like stuff in a movie. Like you'd see in the Mighty Ducks, you know what I mean? Their own little female Charlie Conway. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, they did. That's how they. That's how they beat the Hawks. Charlie Conway did that badass triple deep. Might in D two. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anybody that's on here live, man, just give us a like at Belly Up Sports. You know, click that link that Mike yeah. just put in the comment section there. So yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool that we won that. But I tell you what, for all perspective, I thought we did pretty poor in the uh, in the Olympics this year. Although I don't give a shit about Winter Olympics. If you want to vote on this, go to our Twitter at Belly Up Sports. And I have a poll that I put up there. Do you give a shit about the Winter Olympics? And it's kind of been overwhelmingly in favor of no. Nobody cares about the Winter Olympics. And I don't really care. Hey, Craig, what's up, man? I was actually just talking about you. Craig joined us live. Craig Porath is the guy I told you that we used to do. Remember, Craig, we used to do this. This game, and you used to blast me in the arm and catch me all the time. I think so. I think you have to remember that. That was so funny. But uh, yeah, um, basically nobody gives a shit about the Winter Winter Olympics. And I told you, remember I told you that's like for like places oh, yeah. that we we oh, yeah. vacation. So that's why you see like Switzerland and stuff like that doing good in the Winter Olympics is because you know they're born and bred to do all those things. They come out the womb skiing. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't care about the Winter Olympics. I don't really put too much stock into it. I thought it was funny that that one, who, what is her name? She's from America, 
but she somehow she somehow finagled her way into the Olympics to 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 represent uh, Hungary. She represented Hungary in the like the half pipe skiing. Do you do you know her name? If anybody knows her name, put it in the comment section. There is a skier from America that does half pipe skiing, and she is um she went for Hungary instead of the United States. Now she's so bad. She's probably they've labeled her the worst Olympian ever. She did a half. What was she it, would do is Elizabeth she, Swain. Have, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I shaved my goatee, guys. I had to. I had too many questions about it. People are wondering what the hell I was doing, calling me ball chin boy. I had to get rid of it. But no, for real. So those listening on Blog Talk, I am live right now talking on, on chat and video, and so I have to interact with both of you. Now, she, what she did was she would she went to qualify by – she would just go to all these international events all over the world, and she would just ski – on this half pipe and she'd do no tricks literally her best trick was a little 180 to go back down the other side of the half pipe and as long as she didn't crash what's up dom what's up dom? <laughs> look at my coat oh shit but anyways um she would just go up and down the half pipe and she would not crash but she would do literally no tricks no tricks at all um and she would disqualify. So like, say somebody crashed, she would get like 12th out of 15 if she had a couple people crash. She was getting dead last. Yeah, Elizabeth Sweeney. She would get dead last. And what she would do is she would just qualify all these points. She would, It's based on a point system. And she would gradually get higher and higher ranked in the nation. And there's really not that many half-pipe women skiers as there is. So when Olympic time, the bids come, there's only four per country. So you can only have four per country. So some of these countries have like the top 10, you know, 10 of the top 30, like in Switzerland and stuff, but they can only bring four. So at the end of the day, they finally, people were getting injured, falling out, stuff like that. And, you know, plus the four per country rule, what they, uh, what they end up doing was they had to call her because she was the 34th ranked uh, half pipe skier in the world, just based on the fact that she had accumulated so many points, literally doing no tricks, but she just didn't crash. So she ended up being an Olympian for Hungary, and you, uh, we're going to post her video. At the end of this, I, in the comment <laughs> section, I will post the video of this chick. And, uh, yeah, dude, you're going to watch her half-pipe run. She literally just goes from side to side on the half-pipe on skis, and she just finishes, but she never crashes. So, yeah, she got to call herself an Olympian. They call her a fake Olympian. They're calling her the worst Olympian ever because she's so bad. But yeah, she actually was a Harvard graduate and everything. I think she just took so many trips to like Aspen and stuff. So I think she's from a wealthy family that she just thought she can ski. So yeah. Curtis, yeah, I make money talking to myself. But you're in my chat room, so I'm not really talking to myself. I'm talking to you, dude. But yeah, um, that I thought that was pretty pretty funny. It started making me think like, huh, man, I wonder if I can find a loophole to get into the Olympics one day. Like just fucking go to China and be the tallest kid on the basketball the, team. the amount of sports constantly. Yeah, we so should just find maybe the most fucked up sport. That like, yeah, yeah, like maybe they can do like a podcasting Olympics or something. Well, you definitely <laughs> would not qualify. Oh no, yes, I would. I'm interesting <laughs> as hell. But yeah, let's get into our first topic, man. I wanted to talk All about. Right, do you want to go? You want to go talk MLB, or do you want to go straight into your Mavericks? 
Let's get into my Mavericks. I'm a Mavericks fan, everybody. Right. I love the Texas Rangers, Dallas Mavericks. Everybody that knows me knows that. Well, Mark Cuban, funny that he is, Mark Cuban, Mr. Liberal, trashing Trump it, for all his it's infidelities. It's not Cuban that's under this. fire. No, Cuban should. Don't even go there. I, uh, this is where we're going to finally He's not the one accused of all this shit. That doesn't matter. I'm not getting, you got to let me finish on this. Mark okay. Cuban allowed the president and, okay, let, let's just get into this real quick here. Let's just get into this real quick here. <laughs> now, <laughs> can you guys still see me? I'm sure you can. All right. So I'm looking at this thing for you guys real quick. So I have, I will not make any mistakes and I can, I can go ahead and get, get on with this. So, basically, the Mavericks team president, his name is Terdima Usury. Everybody just calls him Use, Usury, whatever. He's kind of got like a bunch of nicknames. He's been accused of inappropriate behavior constantly. And also, their beat writer, Earl Sneed, has been accused of domestic violence multiple times where he's hit women, you know, alleged Including sexual one assault. was a Mavericks employee. Huh? One of them was a Mavericks employee at the time, too. Yeah, but well, he's a team president. Usury's the team president. He was the team president. And Sneed yep. is their beat writer. He's like he's 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 their number one beat writer. Well, anyway, he basically Cuban allowed this to happen because Cuban is considered and he's basically self-proclaimed to be the biggest micromanaging GM slash team owner, whatever he wants to call himself, in all of sports. He's self-proclaimed on this. So you're telling me Mm -hmm. somebody that says that he takes care of every little minute detail that has anything to do with the Dallas Mavericks. He's on top of everything. He said this publicly, written, in print, and in interviews. You're telling me he didn't know about any of these allegations? You're telling me he didn't know that uh, the inappropriate behavior of, of usury, he didn't know any of that stuff? Yes, he did. He just chose to know what he wanted to know, and he chose to let it go. So, Mr. Mark Cuban is really to just as much to blame as those other two scumbags that are fucking hitting women and talking shit about women. Do you not agree? Well, I'm just going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I mean, I'm not going to completely yeah, defend there's Cuban. No devil's advocate, but, but I'll let you say what anyway, you have to say. Well, are you going to let me at least? All right. Uh, yeah. So Cuban is extremely hands-on with the team, like the players, the coaches, all that stuff. And, I mean, I would not be shocked if he knows everything about everything about the actual team. And maybe because Usury was already there at the time when Cuban took over the team, he just kind of let Usury handle the office stuff. Uh, because from everything I heard – there was not one problem whatsoever with the locker room, with the players, with any of that side of things. And maybe I'm just saying, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm not saying that that's hundred percent what happened, but maybe Cuban only cared about yeah. uh, well, the anyway. players. And then he just let that stuff happen. Not really wanting to know what was going on. I mean, maybe he knew, maybe he didn't, 
But he, he uh, had I know that I'm taking this coat off. Now all he really seems to I care about is the players and the refs. Like that's all he ever talks about is the, the actual performance of the team. Like he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would give two shits about, you know, what what was happening in the offices. If like as long as no, Usury was making money, then he probably what? didn't care. And Usury was making them a shit ton of money. So as, no, as big, big of a piece of shit he was making the money. He's, he's not the coach. He is the office. He owns the team, and he's basically a self-proclaimed GM. He makes so many decisions in the front exactly. office for them. GM, as in he all he cares about is the players. No, no, he works hand in hand with these guys that I'm talking about. He has been interviewed by Sneed a thousand times. He works hand in hand with Usury mm-hmm. every fucking day. Like this, these are not people that he doesn't just say, "Go ahead and handle your own shit." You know, I'm just going to talk to the players. Like the two people that are are under fire for all this stuff work directly with Cuban on a regular basis. Usury every single day, and Sneed interviews them constantly. So he knows who these people are. He, you, you know damn well that he knows a lot about what's going on with that organization. He can't escape this one. So he no no more uh, president no more president like Cuban. Clippers, dude? Huh? You think he'll be forced to sell the Clippers team like uh, the the old Clippers owner? I don't know. I don't care. I don't like Cuban anymore. I used to like him. I was a I was a huge fan of him, and then he just became a prick, and he started like I felt like he was trying to get. He was trashing Trump, which is obviously fine because a lot of people did. It's not – I still like a lot of my friends that trash Trump. You know, it's not – if you trash Trump, I'm not going to have a different view of you. It was the way that he was doing it. It was like he was trying to get his own publicity by trashing Trump. Like he was just being annoying about it, and, and uh, you know, I felt that Cuban's just a fucking snake. I don't like Cuban. He's a dickweed. I don't like him on Shark Tank. I barely watch the show, but every time I watch it, I just don't like him very much. And uh, quite frankly, I wouldn't care if the Mavericks made him sign or the NBA made him sell the Mavericks. I highly doubt it's going to happen. It's probably not going to happen, but I don't feel that Mark Cuban had the leg to stand on when he's going to be trashing Trump or anybody else for any sort of dysfunctional issues ever again. He's lost all credibility when it comes to that. He did absolutely no, I'll, nothing. I'll admit that. Like yeah. from He's everything I'm hearing nothing. about the the usury guy is, I mean, he was a grade A scumbag. Yeah, grade A, and that's not, and you know, a lot of people knew that. That doesn't even spend every day with him. So of course, Cuban knew mm-hmm. that. Who knew what Cuban? If Cuban partied with this guy and saw these shit firsthand, but he did nothing because they're making money. And mm-hmm. uh, well, that's that guy fine. has been on the organization for a few years. Um. From from what I read, he actually went left to go get like a major position with Under Armour, and within two months at Under Armour, he was alone with a woman in an elevator, and she reported him to HR, and he basically got fired. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's their the their Under Armour system actually worked. Like all the people that reported Usuri and the Mavericks, it went to that Pittman dude, and he didn't do shit about it, and he actually did did get fired through this. Because he was still working with the Mavericks, and so did Sneed. Yeah, Sneed got fired too. And I, I find this interesting too, as, as my buddy Ross is in the comment section here, and he says a lot of big names involved with major sex scandals were extreme liberals that were extremely outspoken towards Trump. 
And I don't want to bring, I'm not going to turn this into a political rant, but I felt that. Yeah, you shouldn't because, I mean, it's coming on all sides. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of intriguing to me that you have somebody like Mark Cuban is is going to be involved in some sort of scandal like this. I'm not saying he was sexually assaulting anybody, but it seems like all these people that want to trash Trump, and I'm not just saying just Trump, I'm just using Trump as an example because he's the flavor of the year. Anybody that trashes, I think it's funny that people that trash, you know, um, people that aren't kind to other people, people who are sexual assaulting other people, uh, you know, people with that don't have morals, are the people that don't have morals. You know what I mean? It's like the pot calling the kettle black on a constant basis. Oh, and it's, uh, a, that's what I think it's a way to people to misdirect, uh, you know, feelings about themselves. I mean, it happens all the time. I and mean, what was that dude recently that Utah? politician that was like the biggest anti uh prostitute politician and he got caught spending campaign funds on prostitutes yeah like yeah like, like that happened there's also constantly that, that, that one republican like i don't know if he was i don't know what he was was he was he like a lobbyer or i'm not sure what he was but he was like super anti-gay like super anti-gay and he got caught banging a dude in his office at his office. Yeah, I I know him. Was, I know him. He yeah. was the congressman for the district I cover in for the Daily Chief. I actually got to uh, go to one of his office hours things where he met with constituents to like write an article about what the people, the issues that the people had wow. in the area. So yeah, I know who That's that was. Crazy. That was Wes Goodman. Yeah, him. So, I knew it was an Ohio guy. Yeah, that's pretty yep, funny. That, 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 was, yeah. that he covers Brian Wright's in this, my district. This district. <laughs> it was one of our top that's stories of the year for 2017. Yeah. So uh, you know, I just think that this whole culture—it just—it's just everybody's pointing the finger at each other, and everybody's saying and doing the same thing, and it's—it's it's just kind of one of those situations where you get kind of tired of everybody. I don't know pointing fingers at everybody else when they know they got their own demons in their closet. And I think that's what Mark Cuban's been doing for far too long. Mark Cuban tries to play the cool guy role that he's just some average Joe that made it big in tech, which he originally was. And then when he made his billions, but he's turned into a prick and he's turned into, he's a fake. He's a fraud. I think Mark Cuban's a fraud. So I don't like Mark Cuban. I would never vote for him if he ran for any sort of office and I would not shed a tear if he ever had to sell the Mavericks. I don't give a shit because, quite frankly, we won that title in 2006. But no, not 2006. What year was that, Brian? 2005, I thought. Seven. It might have been oh, five. Yeah, okay. yeah, oh, right. They beat LeBron. Right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So, I think it was um, 07. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I can't really think of the, think of the year it doesn't really matter the problem is, is after that we've been tanking and that's another thing that he did that i want to talk about and this is actually we something off, i want to talk about huh? 2011 2011 we were way off I, I swear on my life i was about to say 2011 we we're way off that's funny that you just said that i was about to say that too <laughs> but anyway um what was i gonna say anyways cuban admitted to tanking he, he admitted to tanking the seasons a couple of the past seasons because he they made piss poor acquisitions and to make up for that they needed a high draft pick not only to have a high draft pick but also possibly trade 
And mm-hmm. this brings me to a, kind of a subtopic of this is that I don't like tanking. I know a lot of people want their, if their team sucks, they're just like, ah, fuck it, tank him. Tank him so we can suck for Andrew Luck. Remember that? Suck for luck. Yep. I don't like tanking. The reason being is that you have an obligation to put the best product on the field. You are a business. These guys, whether these athletes like it or not, they are a business. They are pawns in a business. They are not individual players. And, uh, it's like, hold on. Okay. Anyway. So any, anyways, um, I was reading a message from our team here, but, um, anyway, you, these players are pawns in, in the whole game, man. It's a business. You have the obligation to make this business as productive as you can for your fans, because these people pay great money and they pay top dollar like hundreds of dollars to go see an nfl game and they don't need to be seeing fucking piss poor play from players that are fucking not playing where they're supposed to be playing benching people and starting like or benching eli manning and putting putting in fucking geno smith like what are you doing like geno smith is not part of your future so stop fucking tanking for the giants fans that stuck by you and 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 you know they they're used to you know winning Super Bowls and going to the playoffs, and they're and they're used to all this shit. I think it's a slap in the face of the Giants to the bench Eli Manning for Geno Smith, and not David Webb. If you're if you're trying to like test the waters for the future, if you're trying to say that, fine, show the fans the future, which is David Webb, who you just drafted. Don't Davis Webb, my bad, Davis Webb. Do not throw Geno shitbag Smith out on the fucking field so everybody gets to watch some little skinny fuck run around shitting all over the place. He's terrible. Why would you bench your icon of your franchise? That's bullshit. That's what that's what I don't like. I don't like teams like like the Browns didn't tank. They just played like shit. But at least their fans show up. When you got loyal fan bases like the Browns and and even the Jets and the Giants and all these fan bases like that are rabid, the Eagles before the Eagles won the Super Super Bowl, they've been kind of whack for the last decade. So, you know, they, they sprinkled in a couple of playoff, uh, you know, appearances here and there, but they've been relatively disappointing at, from that, you know, franchise standpoint. And they, I feel like uh, to do a disservice to fans that are so loyal is an embarrassment. And that goes for NBA, all these teams like tanking because they, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. So they're just throwing a shitty product on there, but they still expect the fans to show up they still expect the fans to, you know, make an appearance, pay money at concession, cheer, you know, line their pockets, but they don't want to throw out the best possible lineup they can. They don't want to coach the best possible game they can. And I find that despicable. I find that, I think that's fucking terrible. You can't do that in well, any other business. I can tell you, like, so, the Browns sucked, and I don't know if you can call that tanking. I think, personally, it was tanking. I mean, with the the way that they just got rid of all their pro ball players and for the most part. Um, and it, it has not really paid off for the Browns. I mean, they've kind of been a laughing stock of the, the whole NFL. And uh, obviously their, their attendance has dropped, even though they've got like extremely loyal fans, the attendance dropped for like the fourth straight year. People are just getting sick of losing. So when yeah. you're, answer to losing is to lose more so that you can get a better pick. Uh, you got to be able to 
balance that out with actual success down the road. And so far, that's just not happening. I mean, I look at the Philadelphia 76ers as the proper way to tank. Like they sucked and then they kept sucking and then they got a bunch of really good picks and then they drafted some very good players and now they're actually pretty good. Yeah. And dude, I get that from, so this is what, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I see it from both sides. I see it from the team side where they're, you know, they know they're not going to win. So they're trying to acquire players to get competitive. But I also see it from the fan side where they're paying money, a lot of money. Some of these, you know, some of these people are taking off the next day of work as well, you know, taking leave days to go see these games and they're getting shitty product. They're bored. Their team's getting blown out. They have nothing to cheer about. And, you know, and then they say they're playing like, say they're a Sixers fan and they're playing LeBron. LeBron's not even going to play the whole game. So by the fourth quarter, they're wasting, they've wasted their entire life or not their entire life. They wasted their entire time being there because they no longer get to see a competitive game. Their team's getting their ass kicked and all the stars are off the goddamn court. So I don't like that. I think that's a slap in the face of the people that put those checks in those players and the owner's pockets. I think these players seem to forget who pays them. We pay them. Everybody that tunes in on TV, everybody that goes to these games, everybody that buys that merchandise, everybody that contributes any amount of money to their sport is, is their boss almost. And I think that they need to realize that. And that's my personal opinion. You know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they have to completely turn into robots and salvage everything about themselves. But at the same time, man, you need to, you need to please the larger market of your, your fan bases. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta play that game. You gotta, I don't feel like that's good business. And uh, we just kind of sit back and accept it. As fans, mm-hmm. because, you know, not everybody's going to games all these time, uh, spending all that money. But for the fans that do, for season ticket holders, I think it's shitty. And, uh, well, you know, I don't really see how you can argue against that. Yeah, well, speaking of you those, know? you know, season ticket holders, like they pay for those with their jobs, like they pay the paychecks of the players. And uh, we actually have a caller on the line that is going to kind of shift the conversation topic a little bit back towards toxic work environments uh so uh blaine welcome to uh, your debut appearance on the at odds podcast hello fellas great to be on what's up hey for our for our facebook listeners we got a caller his name's blaine blaine what you got for us so i used to work at lowe's um Actually, I'm the one that uh, trained Mike Brown, taught him everything that he knows. Um, but um, how the how that came about was I was in between basically taking a job at Owens Corning, and uh, I was working part time at Lowe's just for the discounts to do home improvement stuff around the house and get discounts off of you know tools and stuff. Well, there was one uh, one day where I was working three departments and we were slammed at the store, and somebody needed carpet that we didn't have on the rollers so if you've ever been to Lowe's there's rollers on the back um, where you have to basically take the take the carpet out put it on the roller roll out how many feet they want so I grab somebody from a different department halfway down the store and uh, I get up on the forklift and it's like a 15 foot pole okay and you basically put it right straight through and you lift it up and take it out so I'm back there I get it. it's on the the highest point 
of the stack, the stackable shelves. So I pull it out and I ask, ask my spotter, I'll put it in quotation marks too. I ask my spotter, Hey, am I good? Um, she's like, yeah, you're good. So I start to back up and I notice that I'm stuck on something. So I didn't think, I didn't see anything that I was stuck on. So I floored it. So what ended up happening was you hear this big pop and basically I look up and then basically about six or seven years worth of standing water for the fire pipes. So in case the, the hardware store gets on fire, comes down and basically puts the fire out. So that just started pouring right on top of the forklift. So for like two to three minutes, I'm just sitting in there in the in the, basically in crap water. And I'm just thinking, what the fuck just happened? So is this like sewage water? No, it's, it, I, it's just basically they fill up that system. It's like a backup fire system. So when they build that system, they basically flush it with water and it just stays in the pipes. Yeah. Until, right. until it's used. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, let me, so, recap. Yeah. let me recap to the Facebook guys. I can't hear very well. So the okay. caller Blaine basically fucked up with a forklift and broke the pipes that <laughs> deal with putting out the fire that are full of water crash water everywhere and start flooding the store at Lowe's. That's a little brief recap yeah. for everybody. Yeah, about <laughs> 15, about 15 to 20% uh, flooding in the store itself. Um, and then it took about four to five hours to basically shove all that water into the drains outside. So, and I, and I had to stay soaking wet, take a drug test, and do all that kind of stuff. But the the worst thing about it was the fire department, when they got there, had no idea how to turn the system off. So I think the damage would have been less severe if the fire department knew how to turn off the backup system. So how much damage did you cause? <laughs> I don't know the exact amount, but I'm going to put like, I'm going to put 20 K $20,000 plus. Maybe. Oh, Jesus. All right. Because so it was he, in the back, well, he, he in the back of the cabinet pounds. department. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know the exact. I would have to I would have to almost look at my HR file to see how much it was, to be honest with you. But so, you so, so hold on. Do you, do you think so you're ever all neck at Lowe's? Are you a welcome? <laughs> are you a welcome member of Lowe's <laughs> ever again? Uh, yeah, I go in there all the time, and people are like, "Do you remember when you did that?" Yeah, I do. I'm I'm the person that did it. I rewrote the safety book, safety book for Lowe's. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> and then so oh, like, and, and then I get fired after a week off. They give me a week off, and then I come in on Saturday, work four hours, and then they walk me out the building. So, I was going to ask uh, what the consequences were, and there there we are. I, to be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, that was the consequences. So, yeah, it was awful. Sharples, yeah. uh, do you have any major work fuck up stories? I have a dude. This is, I can't even remember his name anymore. He was a t tiny, scrawny little dude. And I wish we had the same amount of people in our in our in our Facebook as we had earlier. This can't, I cannot believe that I can't remember this dude's name. His name was like Ronnie or something. It was literally something along those lines. It might have even been Ronnie. 
but this dude used to take like 45 minutes in the bathroom and he always used to tell people that he had like stomach issues and he had to take a shit all the time well one day they were fucking with him and they were and they they brought in uh <laughs> mike brown said 45k in damages for you blaine 20k in just stock tape cabinets <laughs> oh man that's super funny but anyways this dude ronnie kevin he would consistently like chronically go to the bathroom for 45 minutes at a time and this is one of my previous jobs like back in the day i don't want to say the place but uh so anyways they wall they they balled up a bunch of pieces of wet toilet paper and like all this other stuff and they ended up like sneaking in peeking over the top to whip it at him and he was jacking it in the fucking bathroom he was jacking off in there so they ended up telling the supervisor that when they went into the bathroom they snuck in there like they snuck in there like he had no idea there was anybody in there and uh and they and they were you know they all had like it wasn't a bunch of people like two guys and they had balled up uh like wet paper towel and they caught this dude jacking off in there and i remember them sprinting out of the fucking i remember them sprinting out of the damn bathroom laughing their dick off and i'm like what's going on and they told me and then they went and told our supervisor like that uh ronnie quote unquote ronnie got caught jacking it and that's why he got fired they 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 ended up firing from like other reasons saying like he was late for work at too many times and that you know he was taking extended breaks and stuff but really the straw that broke the camel's back is that he got caught jacking off in the bathroom and they think that that's probably what he's been doing the whole time so yeah (laughs) and this is like this is like pre this is like pre like you know mobile porn you know this is like 2007 2006 ish something around there and this so this dude this he was not going upstairs. I don't know. Yeah, he had, he went with a think tank. He just straight up thought of some things in his head to jack off to. This isn't like today where you can go quick quickly and you know look on your porn hub on your cell phone. No, this wasn't like that back then. He had a flip phone like everybody else. You know what I mean? Like only the the few privileged had the had the you know the Voyager or whatever it is to you know look up porn. So yeah, that's that's that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. If you saw him, like he came out with the most beat red face, fucking saying that he wasn't jacking off. I was just tucking my dick in. Like he was just laughing his ass off. Like he had no like real rhyme or reason for what he was doing, but he tried to make every excuse he could to say that I was not jacking it. But he was definitely beaten off. And he would go in there daily, multiple times a day. So that shit was pretty oh funny. God. Dude, he reminds me of I don't know if anybody's ever seen fucking uh the show dead man on campus has anybody ever seen the movie dead man on campus dead man on campus was a movie with like um zach morris was in it and and another guy and uh oddly enough who's the tall dude that was on uh forgetting sarah marshall he's also was on how i met your mother or siegel yeah jason siegel is in that movie a very young seagull and he's like a catholic dude that comes to college and he, he has this face he calls it the facebook which is so funny it was an actual freshman like it was a freshman thing where it had all the freshman guys and girls pictures in this in this little magazine and you can look at it well he's like man i've just been like 
jacking it to that thing for about two weeks. <laughs> that shit reminded me of Ronnie. Every time I watch that movie, it reminds me of Ronnie. Because the dude kind of looked like him in the face, but he's super short and tiny. So he's like a super short and tiny, like, dude that, like, would just jack off all the time at work. <laughs> like, he was always on MySpace talking about how he's, like, trying to get girls and shit. Like, the guy was in the fucking gutter his entire life. Like, that's all he thought about. So that was that was one of my funny stories that I experienced from another coworker. I mean, I I've, I've done plenty of shit to like get fired, like get hammered the night before and just like go into work and literally fall asleep in the bathrooms, like you know, shit like that. I had this mm-hmm. job. It was like the best job ever. I I it was I worked for this company called Bottom Line Inc. Now, Bottom Line Inc, let me fix my hair here. Bottom Line Inc. is a printing company, and I was a delivery truck driver. And I can't believe I didn't get fired this one fucking day. There's two things that I did. There's a bunch of shit that I did, but there's two things that I did that actually they I got caught doing. The owner's dad shows up in a fucking Acura. Super foggy out, out that day. And he parks it right up where I run the ramp that I drive my van up to get it loaded, and I back it up. Nobody ever fucking parks there. So I'm backing up and I'm I can barely see anything. It's kind of foggy. The every you know, the mirrors aren't aren't looking good. And I smash into the owner of the company's dad's Acura. And I oh, just God. with a fucking big ass white van. I had a child molester van that I drove over like all over the place up to Ann Arbor, BG, Toledo, Detroit, all over the place to deliver uh printing supplies and shit. And it was a cool gig. I was really young, still in college and everything. And like, and, uh, but it was an awesome gig and I smashed into it. So I couldn't, I thought I was fired right then and there. They didn't fire me. So then I take the same van, like a month later, I go to Wendy's to get some food. Do you know when you like pull around the edge of Wendy's and they have that big ass, like yellow, like cinder cylinder thing that keeps you from like smashing into the side of the door, the building. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a little yeah. cement hole and they paint it yellow. Well, I come around the corner and I catch it and I dent the entire side of the fucking van and it, and it, and it take, and it, and it turns it yellow. <laughs> so the white van's got a big dent. That's like a perfect, like half moon shape with a big yellow paint stain on it. I take it back to my, to my boss. I'm like, Hey man, I smashed into a Wendy's pole. And <laughs> dude, they didn't fire me then either. They never fired me. This shit was ridiculous. I'd always come there kind of hungover, driving around, but I had my own cell phone and I didn't have to answer to anybody. So basically what I would do is I would make my delivery super quick in the morning and then I'd go back to my parents' house and I'd just go back and I'd sleep for two hours. <laughs> and I might wake up and my phone would be ringing and be like, hey man, you coming back? I'm like, yeah, I'm coming back. Uh, traffic. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know? totally ridiculous but yeah man that's how that's one of the things that i did that i that I should have been fired for but i eventually got let go because we lost a huge contract and they had to like they had to basically let go of half the staff so that was pretty fucked up but yeah man i worked with some fucking hood rats at that place it's in perrysburg but like a lot of east siders and Toledo would come over and work there and there's this pert like this chick dude she had to been 400 pounds and She's always like didn't have her blood pressure medication because she kept saying she can't afford it. So she'd always be working. She'd always be uh, working like 
sweating her ass off and having red welts on herself. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, my blood pressure's up. I can't afford these fucking prices. <laughs> that shit was funny. Oh, shit. So, yeah, dude, that was that was some things. Did you ever have anything happen? Tell us some stories that you fucked up with at Domino's. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll tell some Domino's. Like, they're not, like, nearly as like ridiculous as jerking off or driving a forklift into pipes, but they were funny because like, I always would try to game the system. So we discovered like, well, this it happened by accident. Like somebody ordered a pizza and they never picked it up. And, you know, we thought that was bullshit, but uh, I, I thought it was bullshit. You know, we put all that effort into making the pizza and it's just there. And until um, we, it's the end of my shift and the pizza's still there. And it's been like on the rack for like an hour. And my manager goes, Hey, you can just take that with you. I mean, they never picked it up. And I was just like, are you serious? So I get back to my place and I was living with, uh, Andy DeCesar and Kevin Robertson. You remember, you remember Kevin Robertson from a uh, yeah. year behind us in high school. And, uh, mm-hmm. and this, uh, guy, this kid, this kid from Taiwan named Yao, he's hilarious. Um, and they thought this was the shit. So <laughs> they thought this was the greatest thing that could have ever possibly happened to me because they're like, you know, we can just order pizza and then not show up and, and never pick it up. And then you can just take it home for free every so it got to this point where like an hour or so before my shift ended, some random person would call in and order two extra large, like five topping pizzas. And then they would never pick them up. And then uh, after a half hour that it's been sitting there, that was the rule. So if it sits there for like 45 minutes and then my shift's over and I'm like, okay, hey, grab these. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I would take home like two free pizzas every night and then it was all of them just <laughs> completely wasting Domino's resources <laughs> ordering dude, pizza they would never plan to pay for. Dude, for people listening, Brian used to work at Domino's and he would create fucked up pizzas like like Oreo pizzas and shit. Brian was like a creator of these kind of pizzas before they started becoming a craze. Right, Brian? Oh, I, I didn't make the Oreo. That was my manager. But, I mean, he did make an oh, Oreo pizza. Credit. We're on our show. Just take credit for this shit. Fuck uh, it. I'm not, I'm not going to take credit. I won't lie. It was a guy named Joel. Yeah, he was amazing. Moral standard. Listen, what kind he of cool pizzas brownie. did you make? You made a brownie pizza? Yeah, and it was... And that was a totally illegal too. Like you know, he basically opened up a thing, uh, Cinestics, and we were selling brownies at the time. And he took illegal. a flatbread, the flatbread thin crust pizza, and just made icing out of uh, the brown, uh, the fudge sauce, and then put little bits of brownies over the whole thing, and then drizzled the Cinestics icing over top of that, and then just put it through. And it was, I'm not joking. That's one of the best things I've ever had in my life. And I've only ever had it one time and I'll probably never have it again, but it was unbelievable and totally uh, against the rules. Dude, you got more than that. I know you guys did some stupid stuff. 
Um, I know. See, what else? <laughs> uh, what about I would. I would always like if I was making pizza. I would always like grab like a handful of pepperoni and just shove it in my mouth while I was working. Like, <laughs> no, dude, that's not enough. Um, fucking people do that shit at grocery stores, dude. I, mean, I, I can tell you a going funny thing that I don't know if I brought up on the show yet that a dude did recently here in Upper Sandusky. Did I, did I bring up the whole uh, Bridgestone thing? I don't no. know if I did or not. Okay, this is fucking hilarious then. Um, so this was about two or three weeks ago. A guy uh, pulls up. He's a worker at Bridgestone at the factory on a Sunday. And he just pulls up outside one of the factories. Like all the door, the bay doors are closed. And he's in his like 2004 Yukon. And there's some dudes out on a smoke break. And they're like, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm looking for directions. And this is like on the factory property. And they're like, to where? And he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then they're like, so what are you looking for? And he goes, I'm trying to find our savior. And then he fucking floors it and drives his Yukon directly through the overhead garage door, just smashes right through it, and then just starts smashing around his Yukon inside the Bridgestone factory. Like apparently the police report said he made at least 11 collisions inside until his vehicle became disabled. And then so he just kept ramming uh, it. Yeah. He just kept ramming his, his truck into shit until his vehicle stopped working. And then he uh, got out and tried to like get away. <laughs> like, uh, by then the police had arrived and they arrested the shit out of him. But guess how much damage he did? He puts up Blaine to shame. What happened? Million dollars. I mean, a million? A million. <laughs> Granted, this was Jesus. intentional. <laughs> but yeah, we have uh, pictures and shit of like what the inside of the Bridgestone factory looked like. <laughs> Dude, what do you think of uh, the tattoo? We All right, I actually have to talk about this real quick for you fucking Michigan fans. This is for all you Michigan fans. You did not win the national championship in 2013 for basketball. I'm changing the subject real quick here. Okay. I thought of the tattoo on, on the back of Patino's back. On the back of his back. Um, but Rick Pitino's back. He has a tattoo from when they won the national championship. Everybody's making fun of him now, saying shit about, like, you know, is that shit going to be, you know, <laughs> does he have to give up the tattoo too? All this shit. So I got to tell you, a lot of Michigan fans have come up here saying that they deserve to win the national championship and that they should be crowned champions. You lost that game. You shouldn't have beat Florida to begin with. Florida was a better team. You should never even beat them. And I think it was a Sweet 16 or Elite. No, it was Elite 8. You should never have beat Florida anyway. But you went to the national championship game, and you lost to Louisville. You lost. Just because Louisville got it taken away for some other reasons, some fucking stripper hooker reasons, does not mean you automatically get bumped up to national champion. You lost. And for anybody else, that ever has to deal with 
uh, like USC having to vacate wins and Notre Dame having to vacate wins. That does not mean you beat them. It never happened. They're just trying to erase them from the history books. But I got to tell you, in my mind, no amount of hookers and strippers is going to steal the national championship from Louisville. Nothing is going to take the Heisman Trophy away from Reggie Bush. All right? He won the goddamn fucking Heisman. Louisville won the national championship in 2013 in basketball. It happened. Nothing can take that away. I think it's fucked up that the NCAA takes these things away from these kids from the past. What they need to do is punish the people that were involved, as in the boosters, the coaches and everything. That's fine. You want to fire Rick Pitino, that's fine. You want to ban him from coming back to the NCAA, that's fine. You want to ban these boosters from ever donating again and being a part of their program, that's fine. But why are you taking rings from kids that had nothing to do with it? And even if they were, they're kids. They were manipulated. Like, if you're a recruit and you got offered a bunch of bitches, would you do it? Goddamn right. Unless you're going to, like, BYU and you have some fucking morals. But these kids come from the (laughs) inner cities, man. And you're sticking them in a situation where they're getting beer and titties in their face. And you expect them to make the right decision when they're 17, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old? Hell no. You know, I'm not I, I'm not for um, kids never getting, you know, having to take responsibility for things. But in this particular case, on these recruiting trips and all the shit that they've been given and these poor families accepting money, you know what? When you're a poor family and your kid's a superstar basketball player, football player, baseball player, whatever he is, and some booster offers you $25,000, and that could literally wipe out debt for you and, and make your life better, dude, like, you're going to take it. You're going to take it. So I don't fault the families. I don't fault the kids. I fault the boosters. I fault the coaches that allow this to happen. They just need to be banned and, and, and like maybe even criminal action taken against them if that's what they want to do. If they want to ban all this stuff, they want to ban gifts and, and, and paying players and all this other stuff, then you can make it like a misdemeanor. So they'll have a criminal record off of it. But only the people, like the kids, don't strip the kids to the national championship. They won that on the field. They won that on the court. They won it on the ball diamond. They deserve to keep their, you know, keep their championship. I like that Ward, that Ward from Louisville. He said, you can try and take our championship all you want, but I still got this big-ass ring that says otherwise. And I thought that was awesome because they do. They still got those rings. Fuck them. I don't think that you should strip your, the, the titles away from these kids because at the end of the day, it's still fresh in our minds. We still know. You can't erase it from history books. I know that Louisville won that national championship. I know that USC won all those games. I know that Reggie Bush won that Heisman. So you can't tell me shit. I don't want to hear it. So you know, what do you? What's your take on that, Brian? I mean, I mean, I think that they I should be paid anyway. Paid. I mean, that's why they're going to school for the most part. I mean, they're brought in to play basketball, so they should be paid. Yeah. To I mean, they're not being brought in to learn. I mean, a lot of times, especially with those top programs. So yeah. they should be paid. Well, here's my take on this. They're saying that you can't pay players because there's a lot of schools that can't afford to pay them. Fine. What you should be able to do is allow players to make money off of their name, off of their likeness. Mm-hmm. You know, how many Johnny Manziel, Johnny football shirts and T-shirts and how many Johnny Manziel 
jerseys and Tim Tebow jerseys and, you know, any Heisman winner, all those jerseys they ever sold for these guys, Baker Mayfield, all these guys, you know, Texas A&M really got put back on the map. There, Everybody knows who Texas A&M is, but they got thrusted into the limelight for a couple of years because of Johnny Manziel, right? Dude, mm-hmm. dude, you know, Johnny football, they're making all that money off of him and he can't make money from his likeness. Same with Reggie Bush. How many Reggie Bush jerseys did they sell? How many tickets did they sell because everybody wanted to watch uh, uh, Reggie Bush tear up, you know, everybody running for over 500 yards against Fresno State? You know, everybody wanted to see that shit. You know, they had a couple Heisman Trophy winners on their team at the same time. You know, and and people are these these schools sell these kids jerseys, and they were selling EA Sports was selling the uh, NCAA uh, NCAA games. You know, NCAA football. I played it. You know, and they were putting kids on the cover. And not giving them any money, and you have kids that were, you know, making millions of dollars for these universities and not getting a cent from it. That's fucking bullshit. You don't have to pay the kids. You're giving them a scholarship and they're getting a free education. Fine. I don't think you have to pay the players that cut them an actual check. But if these players are good enough to make you money off the field, then you need to let them make money for that. You need to allow them to sell, you know, get a chunk of those jerseys with their number on it. You know, if you're selling a bunch of two jerseys from Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel should be getting the money for it. Not all of it. Give him a percentage of it because you're facilitating that. You're facilitating, you know, him too. So I feel like the, the university should get some money because they're making it possible for him to showcase his talent. But he's the talent, so he should get a percentage of it as well. Kind of like a record deal. You have a record deal. The record company makes it possible and they fork all this money out for you to tour and shit, but they get a large percentage of the proceeds, but you're the talent. So you get a chunk as well. That's what I think they need to do. All these players need to be able to make money off their own name. They need to be able to sign autographs like Ohio state. Like I loved it because I fucking hate Ohio state that they got in trouble for all that tattoo shit, but to ban them from the postseason from it and, you know, take wins away and all this other stuff not let these kids sign an autograph for a tattoo. Like that's their own business and they should be able to do that. And the NCAA doesn't want to do it because they want to slave these kids out. You know what I mean? It's just modern day slavery. My, and you know, I'm not a big, you know, race card, you know, I'm not a big slavery guy, but in, in all honesty, white, black, whoever, whatever the athletes ethnicity are, they are a slave to the NCAA. They make, they, they perform a free service. Because not everybody's on a full-ride fucking scholarship. They provide a service for, to the university. And they could even be like indentured servants, you know what I mean, where they make a little bit of money through the, through the fucking scholarships. But, the, the, you know, Johnny Manziel is making $100 million over his entire career probably for that university. And because uh, he's still making money for them. They're still selling number two jerseys and shit, you know. So he's making all this money for them. I'm just using him as an example. You know, whatever scholarship they gave him is fucking pales in comparison. It's not a, it's not a, it's just, it's just fucking slavery. Bullshit. That's what I think. That's kind of like a rant for my day. Yeah, that is. That's what do you think? I might uh, edit in some, uh, some rant music. Yeah, what do you think about it, though? Do you think these kids no, need I to get paid for, the, for their name? Of course they need to get paid. I mean, that's what they're there for, and they're being exploited ridiculously. I mean, they make so much fucking money during March Madness, during um, the all-college football, and they're just making it off of – they're basically using the whole 
amateur as an excuse. Yeah, for sure. And and it's complete bullshit. Uh, I guess the rule. Yeah, man. That's pretty much all I got for you guys today. Brian, you got any gems or anything? Uh, not really. I mean, I haven't had a, a chance to. I've been too busy with everything else. Oh, that's all right, so. man. No big deal. <laughs> so uh, I know that's kind of lame, I, but I haven't been watching any like I mean, crazy shows. Shout out for okay. So we're going to be doing on Belly Up Sports. We're doing a hottest softball team vote. So we're getting all the so- all the Power Five softball teams together, and we're going to let everybody vote on who they believe is the hottest team in America. And it's at BellyUpSports.com. It's going to start on Monday. And we'll have all the team photos together. You can just click through, and then you can just vote for each team that you think is the hottest softball team in America. It's going to be pretty cool. We're actually going to be doing this stuff for women's basketball as well and uh, give you guys the opportunity to find the hottest teams in America. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll be twe- tweeting all this shit out. We got some of these uh, girls, softball girls on board already with tweet- retweeting our stuff and we're hoping that it grows, you know, grows the belly up sports and everybody has fun with it and gets a chance to check out the hot softball players because there are some hot softball players out there, fellas. It's not, you know, it's not all the big chicks. It's, there's a lot of hot chicks too. So uh, there's that. And uh, once I'll get the basketball, women's basketball together, we're going around the final four or around March Madness. So it's going to be funny. It's going to be fun. We'll have, we'll have a nationwide vote. Hopefully we get a good turnout on that vote. And uh, whoever wins, we're going to present with a nice little certificate and we're going to send it to the captains of the team. We'll just have to figure out who they are and if they want to follow us on Twitter so we can get that to them. But yeah, check out bellyupsports.com, uh, at bellyupsports, Twitter and bellyupsports, Facebook, and take a look at everything, man. You know, we got a lot, a lot of cool shit to offer. We got blogs, uh, we post a daily content daily, and uh, it's, it's it's exciting. But that's where the voting's going to be. The voting's going to be done at our website at bellyupsports.com. So, and then you can visit, uh, you know, here at Odds Podcast uh, Facebook, and we have a Twitter at Odds Podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to start tweeting, Brian, and we can start growing our sure? growing us through tweet through Twitter, and we then can we can that. you can check us out on on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. So. That about does it. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, check us out, the all the Facebook pages and everything. Uh, we should be having our stuff on SoundCloud and YouTube by tomorrow. And the replay of this episode should be available on Blog Talk Radio within about 30 minutes. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as long as everything's working, it is back to, to Mega Man time, motherfuckers.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.